February 29th. Welcome back to Edgework. I'm Zach Phillips, joined here on this Thursday morning to close out the month of February by Matt Albert and The Undertaker. With a massive slate of games here today, 12 games ahead of us on tonight's NHL schedule. We will go through as many games that we have bets in as well. If you guys have questions in the chat, please make sure to fire them on over there. We will try to get to those throughout the course of the show here today. If you are watching right now and you haven't already, please hit that like button, subscribe here to the channel, turn on notifications. Before we can get into today's show, before we can get into today's games, I want to remind people that today's show, as always, is brought to you by BetStamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp to help you do so. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book, whether it's for games, futures, or player props, so you can save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. You can download the app today in iOS android as well as signing up on the web and if you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash edgework that's betstamp.app slash edgework signing up through this link does help support us here on the show we do appreciate all the support we appreciate people liking subscribing signing up through there uh it does help support us so can please continue to do that now, uh, looking at where we're at this season so far, we go 0-1 on the night last night. Only two games, so we give out one best bet. Uh, we take the over 6.5, obviously that Rangers-Blue Jackets game, uh, it, it finishes 4-1 to one there, so we don't cash that one, but it's all good on the season. We are at 266, 266, and 5. We are flat 500 across the board in terms of what our record is. But that's not what our ROI is. That's not what the units are that we have. That's 538 bets on this season. That's a 5.4% ROI of where we're at. And we are up 29 units right now. So we will look to continue that here today. Get things back on the right track as we go to close out the month of February into March and approach the trade deadline. Uh, Albert, I'm going to ask you this right away here. This is a good question. You got on the toque here this morning. Peter Panic, can you not afford heat now? Is that what's going on with the way your oh NHL God, season that, has gone? Look at the <laughs> avatar on that too. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's excellent. Um, no, we we actually just moved in here a couple of days ago, so still trying to figure out everything. A little chilly in here this morning. Uh, woke up. I'm trying to figure out a service. Sixty-three degrees. <laughs> yeah, welcome to New York. Um, anyone who's lived in New York kind of understands that this stuff is a uh, a little bit finicky. Um, but no, we, mm. we can still afford heat. Thankfully, that said, there's a 12-game slate, and that could change very fast. All right, well, let's not waste any time. Let's get right into the games here for today. And again, if you are watching, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe here to the channel, turn on notifications. You get notified every time we go live, anytime videos drop as we approach the trade deadline here. We'll look to be adding more content, whether it's watch-alongs or reactions and update videos. So you're going to want to see all that kind of stuff happening here in real time. And the best way to do that is by being notified by subscribing to the channel and turning on those notifications. Let's start in Detroit here tonight, 7 o'clock slate. Detroit hosting the New York Islanders and the Red Wings right now are currently sitting minus 111. The Islanders plus 103, but we do have a total of six, kind of pushing out towards that minus 120 range, and some six and a halfs on the over at plus money there. Albert, going to you first on this game. What are your thoughts on where this side has currently shaped out to be? Yeah, so I played Detroit. Um, I know there's a lot of people who keep playing the Islanders. I've been about as low on the Islanders for a little bit here um, as can be. Detroit just... Everything they shoot hits the back of the net. It's very odd. Um, but I, I keep looking to play them too when I see Alex Lyon in, who's actually getting the start tonight. Um, I, I'm just very out on the Islanders. So this is more of honestly a play against the Islanders for me than it is a play on Detroit. Um, but I played at minus 111 this morning. Um, I, I'm happy with that number at very close to a pick em against an Islanders team that I think the market just continues to overrate here. I feel like this Detroit team, uh, one way or another, however we bet them, sides, totals, has been a uh, a nightmare here so far over the last like month or so. But let's tackle it here tonight. Minus 111 on the money line. And Moretto, we're not done there. What else do you got for us in this game? I I, I don't know. We're talking about how the Islanders are uh, like the market's too high on them. Is the market not too high on the Red Wings? Do they not suck? And they're just playing way over their heads i don't know i keep going back to that but um 
I'm not said that one before we locked it in. No, yeah, I'm not betting against them. I'm not betting on the Islanders. I do agree that the Islanders are trending in a, in the wrong direction, but like at one point the other shoe has to fall in Detroit because they are getting caved yeah. in regularly and they're scoring like ridiculous amounts of goals that are completely undeserved. Um there if you look at like goals scored above expected, which is a completely made up stat that um that I have made up, but like you can do like goals for per 60 minutes minus expected goals for per 60 minutes and usually teams are in the negatives obviously because you're going to for the more like around like hovering close to zero because you're going to score uh fewer goals than you're expected to score for the most part um in this league you'll see like the median coming in in the in the negatives the the wings are at 0.91 goals for per 60 minutes over expected which is almost triple that of the next highest team in the month of february it's pretty insane um I am on the under here. I am going to keep betting wings unders, and I'm going to keep seeing them win 8-3, and uh, I don't care. I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, the Isles are the lowest event team in February by a pretty wide margin. Their offense has fallen off a cliff, but they are playing very good defensive hockey. Um, and they have Sorokin in net, which hopefully helps with that unsustainable sort of shooting percentage we're seeing the Red Wings have. The Red Wings aren't generating a ton either, so I do think this will be a very low event game. And, you know, Lyon has been trending in the right direction. Uh, I think so many talked about it the other day too how he's kind of a, a buy right now after a bit of a dip earlier and you know albert talking about it right now too that lion is definitely um moving in the right direction he's a guy you, you feel comfortable with right now and sorokin is obviously very much that so i think you know low scoring game uh low event game and god please let's get this uh let's get this under him i can't bet another wings under and see them score four goals in the first period i just can't do it uh well we're gonna have a classic matchup here as jeremy's pointed out kane versus the undertaker uh in tonight brothers in tonight's of destruction game. look i don't know uh i have faith in them for the most part like i, I would say maybe like 90 to 95 percent of the time i trust the chat they seem to be in heavy support of the red wings here tonight so you know what uh between albert and the chat Moreto, that's a terrifying thing to say. Albert and the chat, we're we're yeah, we're uh, being backing, afraid of me now. Come on. <laughs> we're backing the Red Wings here tonight. So hey, uh, all right, Red Wings money line minus one eleven, the under six and a half minus one fifteen. We lock both those plays in for this game here tonight. Uh, before we get off of this one, just real quick, and this is not necessarily specific to just tonight's game. I think that this, for me at least, is going to be a little bit more general in terms of how you're looking at this team over the last little while. We've seen him do it a couple of times. We saw him make it popular when he was out in Colorado. Patrick Waugh pulling the goalie with 15 minutes remaining in the, in the third period, you know, getting getting ahead of it, attempting to get ahead of it at least. Charles asking, is there uh, no worry of Waugh pulling the goalie with 15 minutes left? I'm just kind of curious here, especially Moretto for you. You're an under better for the most part. The undertaker you're known as here on the Edgework Show does this like play a factor at all in terms of how you kind of got to look at the Islanders games where it's like, okay, yeah, may maybe they play the whole game at a pace of an under, but with 15 minutes left, you could see four goals scored on empty nets against them. Yeah. I mean, it definitely like, it's not, uh, it's not insignificant. You have to take that into effect, but um, what it's going to be five, nothing, uh, five, nothing wings by the end of the first period. Hopefully Wall just throws in the towel and doesn't, uh, doesn't care at that point. So Hopefully it doesn't work against us, but yeah, it definitely has a, it definitely factors in here. Um, I still just, you know, even considering all that, I still think this number is just considerably too high. And uh, again, it's, it's lying closer to a pick em. Like there's a strong chance that the wings aren't leading late too. Um, right. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios in which the Islanders don't need to pull their goalie here. Or it's tied late or whatever. So uh, it, it yeah. comes into play, but it's maybe not as significant as, um, well, I'm not saying Charles making out to be something significant, but it's not like too significant in terms of the total where I'm going to like take it up significantly here. Right. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it, sorry, real quick. Ahead, like it, it's, it's definitely not significant, but I, and I haven't put any time into this. Like I do think it's worth something to kind of know what coaches are going to be super aggressive. Like just as an example, like the other night you have Tampa and Philly and it's a game that's one, one after two it's four, one, I think like 10 minutes into the third. And with like 12 minutes left, John Cooper's pulling the goalie down three. And that game ends, I want to say it was 6-2, 6-3, whatever. Um, but like, so that I think is worth something. But again, like I, it's not worth a lot, but it, it absolutely is worth something. 
I also had the opportunity myself to talk to a, a coach who's works within the Hockey Canada organization. He's a head coach of a university team. And he was saying that in theory, like based on the way that it's worked out over, I mean, as we talk about here with betting, like a, a thousand simulations, 10,000 simulations kind of thing, in terms of how you're supposed, how early you're supposed to pull the goalie based on your deficit, it's technically a goal per every approximately five minutes. So if you're down three, 15 minutes left in the third period, it's egregious and you're not actually going to do that. You're going to do it based on how the game's going. But it, that's kind of how it's supposed to be if you're going to do it like cookie cutter, how the math tells you to do it is what the what they had found from their studies. So like when we're talking about wall pulling the goalie early, yeah, it's insane, but technically that's how it's supposed to be done at right. that point. Yeah, and I also wonder like especially now that pulling the goalie has just become earlier and earlier, kind of started by Wa, right? Like, I think yeah. on the other side, a lot of these teams have adapted to that, where I think now you're seeing a lot more teams just go for the empty net, which I think a lot of us agree is the right strategy. Like, you didn't see that 10 years ago. Like, everyone was so afraid to ice the puck that you weren't seeing that. So I do wonder how much that kind of now plays a part into maybe minimizing some of that edge that you'd have pulling the goalie so early. Um, someone way smarter than me would have to figure that out. But like, I, I do think that's an interesting fact that I do think there's less of an edge to pulling early than there maybe was five years ago. And then you have guys like right. John Tavares who are staring at empty nets and decide not to score goals. No, 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 no. Anyways, anyways, continue to move on here. Uh, next game we'll take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Buffalo Sabres. Tampa Bay uh, minus 157, the Sabres plus 141, and a total of six and a half. Moretto. Let's go to you first. What are your thoughts on this game tonight? And uh, do you have a bet for us here? Yeah, I mean, you want to talk uh, low event hockey. I, I know Peter Panic put it on the T-shirt. Um, this is this is low event hockey right here. This is in the month of February. The Lightning and Sabres are second and third lowest event teams in the NHL. Um, both of them generating absolutely nothing offensively. Panther, uh, Lightning come to rely heavily on the power play. Um, Sabres, again, generating nothing defensively have been playing really good hockey, uh, which is perhaps not a surprise when you look at their roster top to bottom on the back end. They have a lot of good guys back there. Um, so both teams, again, both teams playing well defensively. Lightning's numbers are skewed a little bit by the fact that Vasilevsky's actually been on a bit of a cooler. Um, he has not been playing like anywhere close to the Vasilevsky level. He's been like significantly below replacement for a little while. Kind of bounced back uh, two starts ago and then had a not great one again last one. Hopefully he does better here against a Sabres team that's struggling to score goals. But again, we should see very few chances in this game. And um, I think that six and a half is definitely too high. I think this should be closer to uh, about minus 110-ish, almost at, at six. So to get minus 117 here, I think I see it, uh, Penny, and yeah. perhaps some better numbers elsewhere, maybe not anymore. But yeah, I think anywhere up to minus 120, which is very widely available here on the six and a half that's uh that's a bet for me yeah there are uh there are a few numbers out there as Marno had kind of just alluded to that are a little bit better obviously shop around it's going to be state by state or province by province dependent but shop around use the bet stamp app to make sure to uh you you do get the best number available but minus 117 and um albert we're gonna go uh double double down on this one is that what we're thinking for tonight yeah, may as well just start the double down early. Um, yeah, I played it too, minus 115, kind of everything he touched on. And like to the point on Vasilevsky, like I mentioned kind of with Igor that when he's kind of playing well, it's a string of three, four, five games that are really well. And when he's struggling, it's three, four, five games that are like that. Vasilevsky rebounds very quickly from these bad games. Kind of if you look at his logs throughout the season and going back a little bit, like he is usually very quick to rebound from a bad game. He was terrible the other night. Um, so that's just kind of something else you'd be like the under to look at. Um, but no, I, I'm on it too. Every reason that was mentioned it more. And UPL has been really Doubled good. Down. Like really yeah. good. Like flying under the radar. Good. How, how good he's been. He's like, uh, everyone talks about how the Sabres, you know, have a goaltending problem. The Sabres have basically have everything else, but a goaltending problem lately. Um, he's been fantastic pretty much this whole season, but especially like last, like three, three months or so. Yeah, he's been kind of what a lot of people were thinking that Devin Levi would be, which mm -hmm. rookie goalies which he can never be. like that. I mean, Levi, which yeah, he, Levi he probably will be, be. but yeah. like, rookie goalies are never like that their first year for the most part. So, um, no, I agree. 
All right, uh, let's look at now the Montreal Canadiens on the road here in Florida. The Panthers, minus 330. The Habs, plus 291. We're seeing a diff couple different totals here. Uh, six and a half, some sixes. If you're looking at the six and a halfs, you're obviously going to find some plus money to the over on those. The sixes kind of reaching out to that minus 115 to minus 120 range here. Uh, Albert, how is it that you're taking a look at this game here tonight, and what is it that's interesting you from a betting perspective? So I played under six at plus money. Um, I did play this when I thought it was going to be Bobrovsky. It's now Stolarz. That doesn't really bother me that much because he's been fantastic. Um, I, I think Montable's already been confirmed. Murata could yeah, not yes. if that's true. Yeah. Um, but nobody's scoring on Florida right now. Um, like both goalies have been fantastic. They're playing terrific defensively. They're kind of going through one of those streaks that like the Jets went through earlier this year where just no one's able to score on them. Um, and certainly a game like this, that kind of should be very one-sided. Like this game kind of has four, nothing four, one, like something like that kind of written all over it. Um, so I was ask? happy to get a plus. Yeah, sure. Something like that. <laughs> um, I mean, you guys are already out of the, uh, Celebrini bowl. May as well make it worse. Um, but no, I think I think the sixes at plus money are still good. Um, I just wouldn't go quite as far with that now as I would have half hour ago. Okay, how far would you go with this? We are seeing a bunch of plus money here, and it should be widely available for people. So that shouldn't be a concern. But we do have viewers who maybe watch back after or they're listening back on podcasts later in the day. Let's say they take a look, pull up the screen. It's minus 105 now on, the, on that under six. That's Is that too far for you? Yeah, I think I would stop at the six, anything with a plus. Um, personally, I am almost always on the side of taking the plus money six rather than laying the six and a half minus 120, minus 125 around there. Um, I just don't value that as much as I know some other people do. But yeah, I would play the six to plus 100. Uh, okay, yeah, and I guess you, you partially answered that there, but just maybe to elaborate our friend, the right wing fan in the chat, right wing fan 23 rw fan 23 under six and a half minus 130 better uh albert i'll just kind of let you explain thoughts on this on where that price is at and why maybe not yeah assuming this that you also have six plus 100 i would take the under six plus 100 for sure i mean if you're looking at something like six minus 110 115 compared to that all right maybe but i uh no i i definitely prefer the plus money six here <laughs> uh, yeah no problem eric whatever we can do for you um yeah boy slow event hockey here to start before we get off of this game here quickly though moretto these are your canadians just give us some thoughts on what's going on with the team right now where you guys are at and uh i mean i albert's saying might as well make it worse you're in the celebrini bowl isn't that better? Aren't we? Isn't that better for you to be closer and closer to Celebrini as the season goes on? Yeah, I think uh, what Albert was saying was we are like out of the Celebrini Bowl because we've won too many games at this point. So might as well make it I worse see. by winning today for one. So yeah, but um, Joshua Wall's on a bit of a heater right now. Pretty cool. Um, we suck though, and uh, pretty boring team to watch right now. It kind of uh, it's kind of it's kind of shit, and I can see this being pretty miserable this might be like uh i watch every habs game this is one that you just know going into it i have no real interest i can see us just struggling to get anything going and yeah i do agree generally with the under i did not bet it myself um i was hoping for a six and a half i defensively we've been pretty bad like our our games where our games where we uh are like going under still are largely down to the fact that we're just getting good goaltending performances. I mean, we've been giving up a ton of chances, even the game against Arizona the other night. Um, we were pretty horrific and we did not deserve to win that game, but Montembeau stood in his head and he was fantastic. So again, you come to rely on that a little bit from Montembeau. So I can see why an under would be decent here, but um, just the way we've been defensively, the fact that Stolarz is in, I do think Stolarz is good. I just, I don't know, maybe we can see this tick up a little bit more and get a better price or, or maybe not. Um, I kind of said the same thing about the Oilers game yesterday. We never got the better price. It just ended up getting worse and worse. Didn't end up on the under. It went under. So this is uh, this bodes well for Matt because this is probably an under I'm not going to end up being on and one that will get home comfortably. And I'll be uh, I'll be hating myself at around 10 o'clock tonight. Also, I enjoyed that stretch where uh, Slavkovsky was like the best player in the NHL all of a sudden, and he hasn't had a point since. Uh... Oh yeah, no. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
by the way, uh, I don't know. Did you, guys, did you guys handicap this at all? Did you take this into account? Uh, Charles bringing up here. Panthers have never won in franchise history on February 29th. Was that was that important for you guys? This is our first edgework. We've never lost a bet in edgework history on February 29th either. That's true. That's true. Never won one, but it's okay. <laughs> Max bet Habs that. minus one and a half. Throw it in the parlay. Uh, all right. A uh, bunch of bets that we've locked in here so far. A couple games that we've gone through. A couple of double downs that we've got uh, rubber stamped here from both the guys on the show. If you are enjoying the content here today, please make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. We still got a bunch left that we're going to get to. And if you do have uh, questions in the chat, please, <laughs> please send them. We will try to answer them as uh, throughout the course of the show and at the very end there as well. So next up, Moretto's Predators. Um, the Moretitors hosting the Minnesota Wild tonight. Minus 110. The Wilds plus 105. That one is kind of creeping into the minus money territory. You're looking at basically coin flip, coin flip pricing, excuse me, uh, in that game as well. We're looking at totals of six into the six and a half range. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I, hosting the show every day, I've noticed some stuff as we've gone along. As we go into these days, we've it feels like we've gone more and more away from like unanimously at sixes and unanimously at six and a halves and ma majority of the games we're starting to get some of these different pricings across the sixes into the six and a halves or five and a halves into the sixes across different books but that's why you shop around and make sure that you have many different sports books so that you have access to these different numbers and can play it however it is that you so choose uh moretto first and foremost going to you here for this game tonight what is it that you're looking at uh, as we look across these different numbers uh, on the side? Um, I'm looking at a wild team that is, we kind of touched on it like a week ago, that's playing much, much better hockey over the last month or so, over the last couple months, really. Uh, this is a team that was one of the worst in the NHL for a while that now you look at February, they are fourth in expected goal share, um, just a hair below the Panthers and below the hurricanes and oilers that is some pretty esteemed company to be in and the predators for how much they have ticked up their game offensively they uh are just bleeding chances bleeding goals it's been pretty ugly at the back end for them so yeah i think the wilds are actually i can't believe i'm saying this um just completely disrespecting my predators but uh, i think the wild is the better team and um, i think that these are two teams that are sort of trending in different directions while they're very much a buy on team Predators are a team that I think we can sell high on a little bit and um, getting, we're not really getting plus money anymore, but I mean, yeah, you got score bet, which means the SPN bet two in the States, uh, Penny minus one one Those are all fine. I'd play for like the, I, honestly, I'd play any of those numbers that are up there. Uh, the minus one Oh fives are fine too. Um, I'm just betting on the better hockey team here uh, at a discounted price. And I'm also betting on the over here because uh, the wild, I, I mean, I talked about, the Predators offensively, how they've ticked up, and defensively, how they're a mess. And um, the Wilds are no longer the defensive juggernaut we've kind of seen. Those numbers have regressed to the mean a little bit. But they are scoring a lot, and they're generating a lot more. And uh, I think that we should see some high-event hockey, the alternative to our low-event hockey, some high-event hockey yep. here in uh, in Smashville tonight. So uh, the only over I'd bet today, but um, I like it quite a bit at, uh, at 6 with the uh, minus 115s there widely available. The dreaded double bet in a single game one yeah. game two bets it uh I, I think we know how this ends but here we go well one game two bets and we're gonna make it even worse there uh as albert is still on mute right now but uh we're gonna make it even worse because we're not just gonna go one game two bets but we're going to double down on a bet aren't we yeah there's no way this ends well um but i'm also on the over uh Everything that was kind of mentioned, Nashville is just bleeding scoring chances. They've been getting great goaltending, and Minnesota's not this defensive juggernaut that they were earlier in the year. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I had to go through this last week to find like what my record is this year when I play side and total in the same game, and uh, I don't oh, have it handy right now. But yeah, it, it was abysmal. Um, it basically right in, line, right in line with your season numbers though, so it's okay. Exactly. Like that was where that, that was where like the losses this season have been. Um, it was abysmal. Uh, but like the Wild just aren't this great defense. Like even a couple of months ago, like they were playing much better defensively. Now they're not, and they're having better success. Um, but 
no, both teams are actually generating a good amount too. Like I think they're both in the top half of the league right now, kind of like over the last uh, month or so, kind of what they're generating and even strength. And no, six, I played minus 111. Um, I think that's good. Up to like minus 120 or something. Um, but no, I'm happy to get there. Uh, I'm not on the side. It was kind of one of those I looked at and said, if I get plus 110 either side, I'll take it. Thinking it's about a coin flip. Not going to get that. But I, I obviously am closer to the wild here than the Predators. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's go from one game, two bets, with a double best bet, and let's just make it worse. We go from the Meredators to the Dallas Storettos, where the Stars are hosting the Winnipeg Jets here tonight, and Dallas is minus 130. The Jets are plus 120 here with a total of six pretty much across the board, a couple five-and-a-halves out there right now. Uh, but this Stars team does just go out and pick up Chris Tanev last night. We did see them come off of a little bit of a road trip. They go to Colorado, or they come back, then they go back out on the road. They go to Colorado, lose that game the other night pretty handedly there, 5-1. to one. Now, Albert, looking at this game tonight, side total, where is it that your interest lies? Yeah, I'm just going to keep betting on Jake Ottinger to turn it around and be better than he has been, honestly. Um, and I think I'm starting to sour on the Jets a little bit here. Uh, but I played the Stars. I played it at looking okay, minus 128. Um, I think these minus 130s, minus 135s probably about the cutoff I'd play here. I'm just a really big believer in the Stars, frankly. And I think they've been really good and somehow been almost held back by Ottinger, as crazy as that is to kind of say. Um, he's been pretty mediocre for a lot of this year. But I'm happy to jump on him here, um, where I think they're like a decent step ahead of the Jets right now. And Moretto, I mean, not to spoil it, but you're kind of in a similar thought process on this game. Yeah, I bet it earlier. Um, I didn't see the 128. I bet it uh, minus 131, I believe. But um, yeah, I'm happy with whatever is widely available there i still think that uh, this has some room to go the jets are not playing good hockey they're a team i'm sort of selling on a little bit um last couple of weeks or so they've had a significant dip and that is not against the best of schedules either uh their only game above a 50 percent expected goal share was against the blackhawks and it was at 51 percent. they're just not playing great hockey they continue to get bailed out goaltending wise and uh the stars continue to get sort of sewered goaltending wise, despite playing very good hockey against a very tough schedule. So again, I think the stars are going to be a team that uh, are a little bit undervalued that we can buy on for a little while. And the jets are a team that we can sell on for a little while. I expect both of those things to sort of regress to the mean and hopefully it starts tonight. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Chris Tanev quickly before we get off of this game. Um, traded last night to the Dallas stars. Uh, there was, Multiple picks involved in that one, uh, including a I believe second round pick, a, pro, a conditional pick as well that would be dependent on if the Stars make it to the Stanley Cup final, uh, what where that pick slots for uh, for the Flames there, and the rights to Cole Brady, uh, a goaltender there, being transferred over to Dallas as well. What are your thoughts on this trade, more so from the perspective of how does this change things for how you view Dallas? Now, Moretto, I'm interested in your thoughts on them because I know how you felt about them last season, how you felt about them kind of going into this year. Adding a guy like Chris Tanev, what does that do for you in terms of uh, changing changing your outlook and maybe how high you might have been on them and where you are now? Yeah, they had a little bit of a hole in the top four, and um, they have filled it pretty much perfectly. They have arguably the best top pairing in the NHL, the way uh, Harley's been playing alongside Iskinen. And now to be able to get Tanev onto that second pairing with Lindell is just completely solidifies them at the back end. Um, Tanev's awesome. Like Tanev is just a prototypical playoff player. He's the type of guy where maybe like you'd be wary to sign long-term just because of his age, but like who cares right now when you're talking about a playoff run, um, he's a, he's, He's a guy I would have given up a lot for um, just for like three, four months out of him. Block shots, kills penalties. He's, you know, he's feisty. He's a bit of a menace. Uh, I think a little bit much has been made of his injury history. He hasn't missed that much time lately. I don't think so. I might, I don't know if I, if someone pulls up his page and maybe I, I'll be wrong, but I, I can't remember missing that much time lately, at least. Um, he's just like, he fits the playoff mold. He's a guy, you know, is going to go out there and absolutely battle for you. Uh, you know, he's a great guy in the room, just like, 
really the perfect ad. They didn't give up much to get him. And the fact that they basically got 75% retained on him is, is wild here because now they have room to add more because they didn't even dip into their very large prospect pool and um, they still have a decent amount of picks. So I don't know if Dallas is even done, but if they are, I think this is one of the most well-rounded rosters now in the NHL. Albert, any thoughts for you yeah. on this trade? No, I totally agree. Um, and I hate giving you credit, but like what Moreto tweeted yesterday about like how he would have been like a great fit in Edmonton or Toronto, like that's also dead on. And especially kind of when you look at it and like there's a very real chance that Dallas could play Edmonton. Um, I'm not going to say Toronto, but like Edmonton in the playoffs, that could obviously be a matchup that helps them a lot. But it, it's just the perfect fit, like he said. Like he's going to go right into that second pair. And on that top penalty kill where he's basically going to be replacing Hockenpah. So like, that's a pretty big step up there already. And if you kind of look not at like, sucks, like is not a top four. No, but, but he's not Tanev, right. Especially when it comes mm -hmm. to something like penalty killing. So I think when you looked at what Dallas needed, um, and I admittedly have been high on them. I have quite a few Dallas futures here. It's like, they need kind of someone to fit that role that can play those top penalty kill minutes can play those shutdown minutes. And it kind of helps slot Hawk and Pie in instead of kind of on that first pair, like on the second pair of a penalty kill. And he's kind of going to be like on that third pair um, D-wise. So I, I just think it's the perfect fit. Like they didn't need more offense on the back end. Like they needed a Tanev. And no, it, it's a perfect fit, I think. And they didn't really have to yeah, do no. that much to do it either. No, no, they didn't. And on top of that, and the fact that they didn't give up that much, they're also getting him at 25% of his salary. All right, yeah. uh, you see Calgary retains 50%. The Devils grab on 25% of that in exchange for a pick there uh, themselves. So that's, uh, I think that this is a really good deal for, one for thing uh, that, Dallas. And yeah, one I would have wanted to see here in Toronto or a player yeah. I would have wanted to see here in Toronto. One thing that I think is, or two things maybe that are slightly lost in this, or not even lost, but just aren't being talked about as much, um, is how many minutes Heiskanen had to play in the playoffs last year and just the kind of load that he had to take on, this really alleviates some of his workload, which is massive for just helping keep him fresh and keep him healthy on a night-to-night -night basis. Um, that's a massive part of this. And the other part is the return being as low as it was. You look at the defenseman market now, obviously Hannafin's out there, but Hannafin's, I think, got a sort of limited range of teams that he would go to. Um, so for, for at least from an Oilers and Leafs perspective, I don't think that's, uh, those are an option for him. And then you look at like beyond with like David Savard is kind of like a Tanev light. He's not in that same tier of Tanev, but like, he's a similar player who will kill penalties. He blocks shots and whatever. Um, this guy's like Sean Walker and maybe Dumba. Like you look at the market now and how that trade Tanev is the best of all those guys aside from Hannafin. Um, the fact they only got a second and a middling prospect. I think we see some of these teams, like I don't think Montreal trades Savard now, if that's the return that Tanev gets. I don't think Hughes is in a rush to move a guy like that if, if he's not getting a significant return. I think we're going to see some more guys like Stan Pat. We say that maybe this is a domino that like starts the, the you know, the other trades kind of come into place now. Um, I think if anything, this maybe pushes teams to maybe just say, you know what, well, we're just going to hold on to our guy um, unless he's like a UFA and you know you're going to lose him. I don't think there's going to be that same urgency to move some of these guys like a Sean Walker. Maybe Philly just wants to get a deal done there now. Um, maybe Montreal just yeah. decides, hey, we got another year left with Savard. Let's just keep them. Um, I think we see some of these guys maybe stay put now just based on the fact that that return was pretty underwhelming. Yeah, I, I, I'm also kind of curious like how this market's obviously going to continue to shape out here as well. But then did, I don't know if you guys caught it as well, but I was seeing reports and is making me wonder if maybe just the front office as a whole out in Arizona is just blackout drunk collectively because you're seeing reports that they're looking for a first round pick for Matt Dumba, yeah, who, insane. by the way, is on a prove it deal and on pace for 13 points. He like, hasn't proven this is an offense defenseman on a prove it deal, not proving that he's offensive defenseman. And they're still looking for a first round pick. And then you see that Tanev deal of a guy who's highly sought after at the top of the trade bait board, basically the entire season continues to ramp up here as he got closer and closer to the deadline. And then that's the package that he goes for, which it's, I'm not trying to diminish the package. It's not a shitty package by any means, but like, now we're going to talk about Matt Dumba for a first. Like, are, are are you high? Like, what is going, how could that possibly be the return going back? So interesting to see how the th talks kind of change as we get closer here. I think it's I a would like a first round pick for Barthby Goodrow. So I, I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs>
Um, I think it's a testament to what the market is like, because if they thought they had a realistic chance to get a first, I don't think we see them make the trade so soon. I think they just wait till closer to the deadline, but I think they realize like this is probably the best they're going to get. And they just wanted to move on and, uh, and, you know, right. start, um, start life without him and see what that looks like when they now maybe move on to like focusing on getting rid of Hannafin here. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's continue on with the games for tonight. Uh, next up, we'll take a look at the Colorado-Chicago game. The Blackhawks hosting the Avalanche here tonight. And you see these this Blackhawks team, plus 256 here. The Avs, minus 290. And totals of six for the most part, some six and a halfs out there. But, Albert, how is it that you're approaching this game tonight? God, this is ugly. Um, well, actually, I'm going to well, hit you with a pause first. Okay, uh, you can pause me. Devani here, not chirping. Legit question: How come less puck line picks? <laughs> Albert, what do you got? <laughs> Blackhawks plus one and a half. Um, <laughs> I, I. So obviously, these puck line prices are correlated to the money line, right? And we're gonna get to why. Uh, just to steal your thunder here, Moreto likes the under in a minute. Um, but for a lot of these same reasons, I like the Blackhawks to at least keep it close. Um. Morazic, he should get the start tonight. He's been fantastic. Um, I just can't get to the abs laying minus 300 here. I, I think that's too high. If you look, and I know it's kind of a little tough to do this, but like if you look at some of the other games that they've played this year, we're not even touching a price like this with Colorado on the road. I think the last time they played Colorado was like minus 230 um, with both starting goalies, and I believe everyone was healthy. Um, I just can't get to that number. Um, I'm happy to take this. Hope it gets close. Not going to watch a second. The Blackhawks are abysmal. So if anyone does bet Chicago, I definitely uh, recommend not watching it. But played it. Plug your nose. Check the score later. It's either going to be like 4-3 or like 7-1. So hopefully 3-2 right. and we all win. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, plus one and a half, plus money there, uh, basically across the board. We'll grab best price available at plus 105. And Moretto, I mean, Albert did tell us what you were going to be betting here tonight, but why is it that you're, uh, yes, you're looking uh, that way sort of. uh, towards the total? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, man. sort of. Yeah. Angels lineup dropped, you know, a lot happening here with spring training back. Um, Yeah, I, uh, I'm on the under in this game. Um, This is, uh, avalanche team that is not as terrible defensively as the market seems to think they are they're not some like i don't know high octane um back and forth sort of team they're capable of playing that style but they sort of morph to you know what their opponent is like and uh, i think if you're they're playing a team like um i mean just for example columbus because the way columbus has been playing lately or like maybe like a pittsburgh you'll see more of a back and forth sort of game where they're comfortable getting into those running gun games but that's not their preference on how they want to play on a nightly basis and uh, against a team like chicago i think we'll see them really dictate the tempo of this game control a lot of the puck blackhawks will struggle to generate much and um, i don't think we're going to see a ton of goals here. Morazic has been play, playing fantastically. Uh, they've been off for several days. So I think we're very comfortably going to get Morazic tonight. I'm not worried about a Soderblom start. So under six and a half, um, I don't know what's, what's available right now in terms of, I know the six and a half we're starting to No, Yeah. We got six and a half minus one nineteen. pity. That's uh yeah, that's, that's good yeah. for me. Yeah. Minus one nineteen, minus one twenties out there as well. Um, obviously shop around, but yeah, those are pretty widely available. So under six and a half minus one nineteen, and we get a uh three two game here tonight. We all walk away happy with this one with the plus one and a halves. Now, out of general uh curiosity, we you mostly see us here on this show. We play my uh sides, totals, some first period stuff. Uh Alex B big into the draws there as well. So those get mixed in. Why is it that, as Damani says, we're not playing as much of the puck lines? And now you go to you guys. You guys are the ones, the originators, the handicappers here on the show. Uh, why is it that you guys are mostly looking towards money lines and and totals as opposed to these puck lines? Albert, we've mixed them in a couple of times, but it's I mean, not a common. I was going to say Moreto could take that because I personally have been playing a lot. I think just the way it happens with us, we're on Wednesdays where there aren't a whole lot of games usually. Um, I right. Even looking at my stuff right now, like I, I still have been playing a decent amount. I would say probably 80 to 85 percent of my puck lines are underdogs. Um, but yeah, no, I still play a decent amount. I know um, a lot of people are like 
oh, well, why not just bet the minus one and a half for the in regulation? Because it's just a much better price. Um, it's the same price. There's just a derivative of the money line price all the time. So it's not like you're betting a better number or getting better. It's literally like the exact same sort of um, price as the money line. Just obviously it's a different market. So I just stick to sides and totals and main markets for the most part. That's just how I bet. And that's how I've kind of always bet. Um, I don't typically dip into the puck lines and uh, stuff like that. But like, again, they're not, you're not getting better prices or better numbers or whatever. You're simply just betting a derivative of what the money line price is. So if I like the puck line, that means I like the money line. And typically I would just end up betting the money line or the main market. So uh, that's, that's why I don't bet many of them. What Moretto is trying to say is I'm a baby for betting all these plus one and a half. So I should just bet plus 220 yeah. every game. Um, and, and just to be clear, like when I bet most of these, uh, I usually do like 80% of the puck line and 20% of the money line, um, right. something around there to get a little bit of both, but yeah. Well, nine bets locked in so far here. We've got a couple more left on the schedule. So we'll get to those. I see a couple questions in the chat as well. So we'll try to answer those before the show wraps up here tonight, but we will take a look now at the Seattle Kraken hosting Moretto's new favorite team here, mostly just because of their general manager, and that would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. You see Seattle minus 111 right now. The Penguins plus 101 creeping into that minus 102, minus 105 territory across a bunch of different books right now. Some totals at five and a half and some at six here with the plus money onto the over. Albert, what is it that you're looking at in this game tonight? I am so far out on the Penguins. Um, just kind of a lot of the same reasons that I played Detroit. I'm playing Seattle here. Uh, I, I I can't get there. Like the market continues to love Pittsburgh and I get why like their metrics have been pretty good all year. They remain pretty good. They're, they're just a mess. Um, and, and I'm certainly kind of tired of backing them. Seattle looks like they're maybe showing a little fight and trying to stay in the race, at least for now. I don't think they do that too much longer. Um, I played minus 109 earlier. I think it's probably good up to these minus 115s. But yeah, this is also just more of a fade on Pittsburgh than it is um, a play on Seattle for me. All right. Uh, there you go. I'm Moretto. Any thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, this is... Uh, we have a few double best bets today. This would be more of a head-to-head than a double best bet. I'm not on Pittsburgh, but I would strongly lean that way. I I, I am out on Pittsburgh, too. Look, I don't disagree that they're a bit of a sell team. I think the Kraken are, too, though. I don't think the Kraken are a good hockey team. And um, honestly, like, just based on where the price is, I would lean Pittsburgh. But these are two teams I don't have the most interest in backing right now. So uh, nothing for me here. And hopefully for the sake of the show, the Kraken can win and uh, help that ROI. Yeah, Fuck you and your pick, Albert. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it by now. But I hope you win. Yeah. I hope, I hope you win, wins. but not really. Uh, no, I hope all right. You win. <laughs> Final game that we've got here now. Ten best bets locked in. Let's go to the last one. And as so money says, we are all Canucks. Well, this is going to be a clash of the Tuesdays and Thursdays as we saw Tuesdays kind of start to slowly get away from Kings Tuesdays. And then so money decided, you know what, on Thursdays, we'll pick up the slack for it. We'll start to adopt the Kings on the Thursday show. This is a this is a collision of all collisions here as the LA Kings are plus 130 in Vancouver tonight. The Canucks minus 142 and a total in this one at six. There are some six and a halves out there as well here tonight. Uh, but Matt, we'll go to you first and foremost. What are your thoughts on tonight's game, side or total? So I'm on the under. Uh, I took a plus money six. Like, look, the Kings, you don't have to convince the Kings to play a low event game. They're also really struggling to score right now on top of that. Um, should definitely have Demko on the other side, which you think would help with that. And on the other side, Vancouver, like, just still kind of waiting for their shooting regression to come down a little bit more. It's painful every time you get in front of a Canucks under because, you know, it's going to be like 2 nothing in the first five minutes. Um, but I also think a lot of these Canucks recent numbers are skewed by that one game in Minnesota. Um, so I think, like, if you obviously you can't totally disregard it, but I think, like, without that, a lot of their recent numbers look a lot different than they are. Um, so yeah, no, I I took a plus 105 on under six. I think minus 105 is probably about the cutoff here. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm on the other. 
Uh, and before I go and lock this in, Moreto, you're also looking towards the under, but you're looking at it a little differently. What is that? And then maybe we can come to a consensus of what we're going to lock in and how. No, I'm fine. I played the six and a half, but I'm fine with the the plus money sixes too. Um, I guess it's just a matter of personal preference. Like just looking at what's out there right now, um, six and a half. Well, I, I prefer, I definitely prefer the six and a half minus 120, um, which is at the score bet slash ESPN bet, uh, as opposed to the minus 103.6 at Penny. But um, I think that it depends what you would consider more widely available. The plus 102s, um, I would still prefer the minus 126 and a half. But, uh, but again, if you don't have access to that, which I think most people should, just given the score bet and uh, ESPN bet are pretty widely available. Um, but again, I, I would, I'll, we can track it at the plus 102 or the even the minus 103 if we need to. I don't think they're gone um, unless I'm missing something or unless Betsy pays it updating. But I still see yeah. that. Oh, yeah, no, we'll score better now. Betstamp is loaded to, to minus 130 now. So yeah, so they are gone. Yeah, seeing that here now. Uh, yeah. We'll grab the plus money on that then. Grab the plus money there. Uh, any reasoning behind this as well as there? Are you just kind of in line with what Albert's thoughts are? Yeah, um, definitely in line with Albert's thoughts, which is uh, scary. But um, the <laughs> the Canucks are um, the Canucks. I think I've I've been betting so many Canucks unders, and uh, I think we've seen the shooting percentage start to regress. And again, low event team, they play good defensively. The Kings are more than comfortable playing that type of game. Obviously, given the injuries to Arvidsson and Kempe too, that really mitigates what the Kings have going forward. Um, offensively, that's that's going to hurt them quite a bit. And we have seen that hurt them a bit. Kings are shooting. Um, if I can pull it up here. Kings are shooting 5% at five on five in, uh, in February, just like that is due for some serious positive regression. The next worst team is, is a full percentage point better. So yeah, definitely due for some positive regression there. But again, with Arvidsson and Kempe out, um, that's kind of a product of that a little bit too, where you lose two of your best finishers, you're going to struggle to score on your chances. Um, against you know demko and this canucks team that has all the horseshoes right now um i don't expect tonight the, to be the night where the king's shooting percentage suddenly starts to regress to the mean all right uh there you go that's a lot of bets locked in here tonight uh I, we do have a question in the chat here just kind of encompassing where the bets are that we have for today and what most of ours have been so far sharky love here asking uh salami under then is this something you guys would take a look at Tonight, I know, Albert, this is something you've maybe looked more towards for these markets. Would this be uh, something you might be interested in? Maybe. I personally haven't seen a number come up yet, so I would need to take a look at it after um, and just kind of do it out. I don't have a projected number in front of me right now. Um, 75 but yeah, I, on Penny, I see. Yeah, yeah, I would need I to go through and actually put, yeah. and put the numbers together. Um, I, I do play a decent amount of these, and it kind of lines up with this on a night where I like a lot of unders and lean a lot of unders, I'll throw like an extra half unit or something on it. Um, and yeah. had, that's like the one thing I've actually had some success with this year. Um, but yeah, I, I would need to do it, but I, well, I certainly Why the don't fuck aren't you giving those out on the show? What the hell is going on? Because oh, yeah, here's the thing I've like had success games. on. I think I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, yesterday we had like two games and I thought about it and I said, oh, let's play the blues. And I was like, I can't do it. And obviously the, was, the blues uh, cover the one and a half. Um, that's just how it goes. That was strong. Uh, I have a girlfriend. She just goes to another school vibes right there from Albert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, that that's what I was saying. Oh, uh, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, I got her. a girlfriend just her. in another you don't, yeah. you, don't no, you don't know her. You don't know her. You don't know her. You don't know her. But yeah, I do have her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. But final thing before we, we uh, recap these and wrap it up. There is another question here as well, Charles. Um, do you guys like any central division futures? Stars plus 300 specifically. Red, I don't know if you want to give your thoughts on where that stars number is currently sitting at. And then if either of you guys have any other ones that you might be uh, dabbling in as of right now. Um, honestly, it's a good question. I haven't looked at the futures market as much in the last couple of weeks. Um, as we get later in the season, I, I tend to sort of tune that out a little bit. And my focus futures wise shifts a little bit to baseball. I've been betting a lot of baseball futures and stuff. Um, so I haven't been paying attention. Plus 300, they are tied with the Jets right now and they're four games. Uh, Jets have four games in hand. That is significant. Um, but I, again, with 
21-ish games left for the Stars. I don't know. Uh, plus 300 seems about fair. I do think the Stars are going to trend up and the Jets are going to trend down. Um, just in terms of price and stuff, like I think maybe worth a flyer. But uh, it's not something I bet. And honestly, I don't want to give like too much advice into it just because it isn't something I have looked closely into right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. We're not going to go out of our way to do those if that's not something we're confident in there. Um, Matt, anything for you at all there? Yeah, so I actually do like it, I think, a bit more than Moreno does. Um, I played it a couple of weeks ago at a very similar number. Um, obviously, kind of still have that there. I, the strength of schedule difference is pretty big the rest of the way in favor of Dallas. I think they have the second easiest strength of schedule I was just seeing. Um I certainly lean that way. Obviously, tonight matters a lot for that. Um, but a lot of the Jets' uh, games to make up are coming up. I think they play have a six and nine or whatever coming up right here. Um, so you'll see a lot of that. And the Stars got like their West Coast Ducks Sharks trip coming up too. So like, if you like it, bet it now because it's not going to last if they are to beat Winnipeg tonight and kind of take care of those weak teams on the West Coast and maybe Seattle goes three and three or something in this stretch coming up. Um, not Seattle, Winnipeg. Um, the, that number is not going to last. So I, I certainly do like it. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the today's. That, uh, I will say, sorry. A good point, though, to Albert about the six and nine. Um, I didn't notice that. But when you're making up that many games with, like, considering where we are on the calendar now, um, that means you're going to be playing a lot of hockey down the stretch. And uh, that kind of weighs on you a little bit too, where you're playing like a lot of, you know, five games in eight nights, six games in nine nights. And um, which means a lot fewer probably games for Hellebuck or more Brassois games. So again, that kind of factor that in a little bit too. So yeah, I think that Albert actually did a decent job of sort of talking me into that a little bit there. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a six and 10 and then they come so out. <laughs> So it's a six and 10 and then they come out to the Northeast, go back home and immediately go out back on another road trip. So their schedule is actually pretty tough the rest of the way. That's it's more games. Obviously it's a big, the big plus for them there. Um, but it's not like they have like the cushiest home schedule the rest of the way. Like it, it, there are some tough games in there. And then you look at Dallas and it's like, they have this like four game stretch in the middle of March. That's like, that's Kings, Panthers, Devils, Kings. And then outside of that, I'm seeing a lot of Coyotes. I'm seeing some Blackhawks. I'm seeing some Kraken, some Blues, some Sabres, some Sharks. It it gets a lot worse after that. So this is the time uh, for Dallas. I have one final thought. Uh, this is not necessarily betting related, but I'm sure you guys will be able to weigh in, especially Albert with you with being Rangers related. And I feel like Murata will probably be on the same page. I do this one to myself uh, based on what I read on Twitter. And I, I know Moretto and I see a lot more of it than Albert does because a lot of the times he's wondering how the hell Moretto and I end up in these situations. But over the last week or so with the rise of Matt Rempe, um, we've been seeing a lot of discussion online now about he can't do this every day he's on the fast track to cte and someone has to stop this it's not fun anymore don't let these fights happen blah 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 here's what i gotta say shut the fuck up like no shit he can't fight every single night and he's not going to fight every single night but i wake up this morning and i go on twitter and i'm looking and i'm seeing people like Oh, somebody finally got to him and told him that he can't do that. This is so much better for the game, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. You know how many people over the last week and a half have all they've been talking about is this Rempe kid out in New York, whether or not he's going to fight tonight, who's going to step up to fight him. You know what the conversation now is about this game on Saturday against the Rangers, a game right, that otherwise right. normally, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting anyways, because we're going to be looking at this as a team that people in Toronto think is a contender. We know the Rangers are a contender. You're going to get to go head to head and kind of see how they match up. But you know what the big conversation over the last week has been? Is Ryan Reeves going to fight him? Is Matt Rampey going to challenge Ryan Reeves? Like, how is this one going to going to play out? Like, do you know how good that is for the game for it to be a conversation that's going on every single day where people are genuinely excited to turn on the TV, to turn on a game 
Is this kid going to fight? Is somebody going to challenge this kid? Is he going to run somebody and effectively take their head off and have them leave the game? Like, these are things that people are talking about every day where it's like, yeah, you know what? I can get behind the fact that a, he should not fight 82 games a season. That's that's not good for anybody. Even the Rangers are going to be looking at that, not even from a personal health standpoint. They're going to be looking at that and being like, all right, dude, like we don't we don't need five 10 minute penalties every single night. Like that that's going to be something that they're going to look at as well. But it's like to have this guy going out there and doing that, it brings back old school hockey. It's bringing out toughness in other teams as well. Like look at what's going on. Delorier warm up goes up to the line and he's like, we're going to fight today. Matt Martin has to take on the guy 15 years in the league. All right, we'll fight Olivier on the blue jackets the other day. I'm going to have to fight this guy. Like it's bringing back some of that. And then you know what else it brings, which is like, it's great for the Rangers there. It just fosters this like character and this culture within that locker room where it's like, that guy's got our back at all times. Like that guy will be there for us. That guy's going to stand up. That guy's going to fight the guy. That guy will challenge the toughest motherfucker on the other team on any given night. And he does not care. So to all these people out there, like I was going to say a word, probably should say it. walking around like, Oh, you can't do this on a daily basis, whatever. Shut up, like shut up and just enjoy the game. Obviously, it's not going to be great for him mentally if he's going to be doing this every single night. And he needs somebody. I'm, Albert, I'm sure you've probably watched more of it as well. But like, he needs somebody at this point to step in and probably teach him how to fight a little bit more. But nonetheless, like, this is good for the game. And it, I think it's good. It's a little bit cyclical. I think some of it will start to work its way back in because if you've got a mutant like that running around, and I'm not running around in terms of recklessly. I just mean like out there patrolling on the ice any given night. Someone else on your team is going to have to be available to kind of step up to the occasion, which can start to bring some of that toughness back. And by the way, even on top of anything else, it is exciting as hell to watch. So I'm sick and tired of these idiots online talking about, oh, thank God he didn't fight last night. Someone got to him. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Let him fight. It's it's exciting as hell to watch. Another thing that I had to get uh, that off my chest. That say that another thing that the people that say that don't take into account is like this guy wouldn't have a job in the league if he wasn't fighting. And it's just like right. plain and simple. He's not a good hockey player. Like, are you saying no? This guy needs to just play hockey. He's he can't play hockey. All due respect to him, he's he's a great entertainer. I love what's going on with him. He's making a name for himself. It's been awesome. It's been a fun storyline to follow. But this guy literally would not be in the lineup. Or he would not be on the team if he was not fighting. That's the element he brings. That's pretty much the only element he brings. So you're saying basically at that point, this guy should not have a job. Then is is what it boils right. down to because it's. I mean, he he's not in the is. He's, he didn't put up points in the AHL, didn't put up points in the WHL. He is a he is a forward that does not score, that does not put up points. He is a he is a 6'8, 240 pound man, is what he is, who is there to fight. And he has been there to fight at every level he's been in. Um, and that's what he does to get paid to play hockey. Um, and if he's not yep. fighting, he's not getting paid to play hockey, and that's basically what it boils down to. And he said, he said, I, I, I'm doing this because I knew I needed a, to find a way to stay in the NHL. Yeah. Which is what the what old school mentality was. I grew up, I grew up with, um, with Andrew Shaw and Andrew Shaw was a guy who only made it to the NHL because he ended up learning how to play the game. And he ended up becoming a much more effective player than just a fighter, obviously in a pest, but Andrew yeah. Shaw in his first year in the OHL was awful. He was not a good hockey player. He basically just fought anyone and everyone. People thought he was crazy. He was taking on guys that were three years older than him. <laughs> he was taking on the biggest heavyweights in the league. And if he didn't do that, he wouldn't have had the runway to stick around and play for several years and become a better hockey player and become a guy who could actually play. So, you know, a lot of guys just realize, hey, I have to do this right now if I want to stick around in this sport, if I want to stick around in this league. Um, yeah. And that's been going around for a long time. And I think that's going to continue to go around for a long time. And that's just what's happening here with Rempe. Is he's a guy who realizes if I want to stick, if I want to have a pro hockey contract, um, I need to fight pretty regularly. And that's what he's doing. And, you know, all the credit Good to him. It's been, uh, it's been fun. Yeah. All right. I'll really give you um, thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you kind of let it go there. Uh, obviously very limited minutes, but his on-ice sample has been good. Um, he's not here for his skill. Like, I'm not going to go as far as to say, like, he has a long-term roster spot on this team or anything. Like, we, we know why he's up here. 
but it's not, and again, limited minutes, they're not getting caved in. And they're actually probably, I think they've been like the best line the Rangers have had since he came up. Obviously, limited minutes. Don't, I, I see that look on your face. Don't do it. Um, uh, it wasn't about the limited minutes. It's about and, the fact that maybe the Rangers have been getting caved in general for the last well, several okay. we, so could, we could go Anything that. we could go that's that close to baseline looks a little bit better. Yeah, we could go that route. Um, I mean, part of why they brought him up to begin with is like, obviously they get, they're getting close to the deadline here. They've tried so many guys in that fourth line spot this year. I'm not even going to go through the list, um, mm-hmm. but they're basically, I don't want to say bringing up anyone with a pulse, but they're basically trying every combination they can to see, Hey, like, are any of these guys going to fit or do we need to go out and maybe get a fourth liner or two? Um, so, so what they're doing, like actually makes sense from a hockey standpoint. It's not strictly like we need someone to come up here and fight Matt Martin and Nick Delorier and Matthew Olivier and all that. Like it actually does make sense. And you even kind of read some of the comments that Lavia Lavia let's made the last few days. It's kind of that, right? It's like, look, we actually need to see, like, obviously he can fight. We need to see if he can actually like, be a suitable fourth liner. And I think Rempe even kind of realizes like there's a very good chance that he's not in the NHL and what's the trade deadline 10 days out, like whatever that is, like there's a very good chance that he will not be that said, they're basically trying to see if like, maybe he could stick around as a 13th forward or something or 14th forward and kind of be around for a playoff run. Um, But yeah, obviously it's entertaining. Like I know last night I kind of made mention to you guys of like a prop that he was plus money not to fight when he had a, giant black eye like there's there's yeah. no way that they're gonna let him fight in that game right and like everyone's saying oh rempy reeves saturday if he's still got a big black eye come saturday guess what he's not fighting ryan reeves um and even last night like but part of that is reaction like when that trocheck hit on goudreau happened and he's down the other end of the ice he's not even involved in it like his first reaction is oh let me come over here and get involved in it um obviously nothing came from that but like you're right. He, he does kind of know that he has to do this to be able to stay in the league, but it's not like he's one of those 1980s guys that literally can't do anything else. Like he, that line has been productive in limited minutes. Um, so that part from like a Rangers fan point of view is good to see. That said, like they're not going into the playoffs with um, Adam Edstrom and Matt Rempe in, in the starting lineup. So uh, no, it's certainly been interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, he's on his own like little insanity run uh, here. Um, yeah. I mean, as as you said over, like realistically, is he going to be on in the lineup or on the roster ten days from now? I guess it is. What next Friday's the trade deadline? Is he is he going to be there? Maybe not. Probably not. But at that that at the same time, he's made a little bit of a name for himself. And the next time somebody's looking for someone, he might be the guy who gets the call instead of, you know. Dennis Malgan uh, and getting called back to do cardio out there because someone will say, you know what, this guy does is just as much offensively, but he'll punch people's face in. And I, I, that's yeah. that might be worth it to somebody. That might be worth it to the Rangers next year. It might be worth it when they need a call up. It might be worth it to some team in the offseason who says, well, let's go and try and what can we do to get that guy? Yeah. You, you never know. And again, like, and, and just kind of going back to the actual hockey part of all of this, right? Like, the spot the Rangers are in, you're making the playoffs. You know that. They need to figure out their bottom six. Like, their third line's been pretty good, but they even broke that up now because they have Kako back on the first line. Like, they need to figure out what the hell they're going to do with the fourth line. Now, I think, like, the conventional thought is they're going to make a trade for an Adam Henrik or an Alex Wenberg or whoever and throw Brodzinski down. But you still are going to need a 12th forward, a 13th forward, a 14th forward. Guys are going to get hurt, like, someone's going to go down for a game in the playoffs, like whatever it is. Right. So I think like what they're doing now, and I actually love that Lavi let's been doing this is they're cycling so many guys through that spot. Like, I don't even know how many forwards they've different forwards they've had playing on their fourth line this year. So that's kind of where this all started is, Oh, like we want to see if these guys can actually play so that when Barkley Goudreau breaks his leg block in a shot or whatever, like he did a couple of years ago in game one, like who is the other guy that you want to bring up? So it doesn't make a lot of sense from that standpoint. And obviously like, he knows that if he's going to stay here, he's fighting has to certainly be part of it. Um, but he's also been decent on the ice. So I, I think they maybe want him to pull back a little bit on the fighting and see a little bit more of the hockey side from him too. 
All right, there you go. That'll do it for today's show. And before we get out of here, we will recap all the picks because we do have a lot and there are lots of games here tonight. So taking a look over on the BetStamp app in the Fine Biters section as Edgework HQ, you can see all the picks that we've given out today on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, however you want to break those out, you can see uh, how we've done throughout this year and even dating back to last season as well. Pulling it up here, lots of bets, so stick with us. Every single one of these, by the way, is a full unit play so uh it's full unit across the board but let's start with the islanders red wings game where we're going to take the under six and a half minus 115 there we are also on the red wings money line minus 111 then we're going to go to the sabers lightning game taking the under six and a half minus 117 the habs panthers under six plus 104 the wild money line against the nashville predators plus 100 so that's the wild money line plus 100 as well as the wild preds over six minus 114 then we go continue on here with our massive slate our massive card for tonight the stars money line against the jets minus 130 the avs blackhawks under six and a half minus 119 the blackhawks puck line plus one and a half plus 105 and then our final two plays the la kings vancouver canucks under six plus 102 and finally the Seattle Kraken minus 111 money line against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Those are our plays for today. If you did enjoy the show, please hit that like button, subscribe here to the channel. If you're watching on podcasts, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We do appreciate all the support. Appreciate everyone who continues to share this, tweet about it, uh, show your friends, comment, all that. We do appreciate it. It does continue to help us grow as well. So thank you very much. Look for more content coming up over the next week as we quickly approach the trade deadline here. We thank everyone for watching today. Um, we will be back here tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time with Somani and Alex B. Smith to close out the week and start off March right. Uh, hopefully, let's, I mean, as Moretto said, we've never lost the bet on February 29th here as the Edgework Show. So why tonight? We don't start why, why do it tonight? Yeah, exactly. Let's, uh, let's lock in. We got plenty of picks here for you guys. If you enjoyed the show, hit that like button on your way out. Albert Moreno, thank you guys for taking the time to do this here this morning. Long show, but uh, lots of picks, lots of information for people. So thank you guys very much. Look forward to seeing you guys back here next week. For everyone else, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Enjoy the games tonight. Good luck on your bets.